five on a Saturday morning, which means it's time for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. How are things this morning? Things are great. I'm looking forward to getting outside both today and tomorrow. Can you believe it? Oh, 65. Yeah, 60 plus degrees today. How nice. Yes. Maybe grilling weather. What uh, What can we talk about today? <laughs> you know, I said we were going to talk I, after my return from Tuscany. Uh, we talked a little bit about Chianti. I thought we'd talk about probably the most expensive and famous of all the denominations in Italy, and that's Brunello di Montalcino. And it's a marvelous wine. It's not the most expensive. Usually uh, the Super Tuscans are more expensive than Brunello di Montalcino, but it's right up there. It's an expensive wine. And uh, it's really very expressive, in my opinion, of Tuscany itself. Uh, Brunello, the town of Montalcino, is uh, in Siena province, in Tuscany, and is about 80 kilometers uh, south and west of, of Florence. And the grape in the Brunello di Montalcino is 100% Sangiovese. But when you talk about Brunello di Montalcino, and before we describe the wine, etc., cetera, et cetera, there's two names that are very, very much interwoven in Brunello di Montalcino. Brunello means brown. And for many, many years, they thought that the grapes that grew around Montalcino were different than Sangiovese. Well, it was proved in the early 60s that indeed the Brunello was 100% Sangiovese. And uh, like I say, this is the best-known wine of there, and it's expensive, and there's a good reason for it. The, one fam- the two families that are involved here are the Marinaras, who own Villa Bomfi, and the uh, Sandis, who really invented, if you can believe that or not, Brunello di Montalcino. Uh, the Biondi-Sandi family uh, was long-aging, from the 1800s, they're Brunellos. And the uh, grandfather, the founder of Biondi Sandi, uh, his grandson, in 1880, released the wine to much acclaim. Everybody in Italy was acknowledging this is the greatest wine ever made in Italy. And uh, the Biondi Sandi family released its wine after 10 years in wood, which was unheard of. And in world, right after World War II, they released their 45, which is a legendary vintage all over Europe. It was a great vintage. The Warriors, you know, weren't such hot vintage years. Uh, and if they were, they didn't have people to do the harvesting, etc. And the Biondi Sandi released, in all those years, from the start of naming the wine, they only released four vintages, 1888, 1891, 1925, and 1945. And the 1945, of course, was a sensational, and it was a great financial success. So others entered the fray. By 1968, there were 11 wineries that were producing Brunello di Montalcino. Today, there are over 300, about, and that increased in the 80s when Villa Bomfi, again, the the Marinara family, as I mentioned, uh, created Villa Bomfi not too far from Montalcino, where uh, the Villa Bomfi vineyard at 7,000 acres is the largest single contiguous vineyard 
in all of Europe. And they, uh, when they were building this, what almost looks like a uh, oil refinery with all the big tanks, etc. And they were going to make a lot of Montalcino. And, and I just said, you know, that's an expensive wine. Uh, you won't be able to sell that much. But they did. And the magic was, of course, they made all of their money on a wine called Rioniti. And they kept all those profits in Italy and invested them. The, the Marinara family started Villa Bomfi a long time ago. It was an upstate New York the importer that brought in a little wine from Italy and some wines from even upstate New York. And two brothers really made it successful, John and Harry. Harry died about three years ago, and John is still up and at him, doing real well at age 90. Uh, I had lunch, was fortunate enough to have lunch with him a few weeks ago when I was in Italy. Uh, but the Bomfi family adopted that name. You might wonder, well, how did it build a Bomfi? They had a grandmother, a great-grandmother, actually, <coughs> whose name was Bomfi, Delanoro Bomfi. And she, incidentally, is one, was one of the first women ever buried inside the Vatican. She was the housekeeper to one of the popes, Pope Pius I, I believe, something like that. At any rate, uh, she, her tomb is inside the chapel of St. Anne in the uh, catacombs, which is in the basement there. And that's where they picked the name Bomfi. And they're the ones that really keyed everything up in the 80s. Uh, there were still only about 30 vineyards making Brunello de Montecino. And then Bomfi started to make it and distributed it all over the world. And, of course, people were drawn to it because it's a very friendly wine. Uh, the Montecino climate is warm and dry, and uh, the, the the grapes ripen earlier, for example, than Chianti, about a week or ten days earlier. Uh, it's a small area, really, and with varied soils, uh, and it produces a wine that's really high quality and very complex. Uh, and today... It, it, well, they don't wait 10 years. They do wait 50 months, 50. That's over four years before they release the wine. And uh, it's in oak, most of that. And when you have a Reserva, that's even longer. That's uh, five and a half years. So it, it's just amazing. I remember my, one of my first trips to Italy, I was fortunate to meet Franco Biondi Sandi, he invited me to his house for lunch, and we had a wonderful lunch, of course, with his wonderful wines, and uh, I noticed on the piano there was a picture of the Pope holding a baby, and he said, I said to him, who is that? He said, well, that's my uh, son with his godfather. So the Biondi Sandis were very well connected in Italy. They were a ducal type and uh, he, he was a charming man. I never forget the lunch, and I, of course, never forget that picture on top of the piano of the Pope holding a little baby. And that was Biondi Sandi. And their family really invented Brunello de Montecino. But the Bamfi family, the Marineras, John and Harry, are the ones that popularized it with, for example, Castello Bamfi. If you're ever in uh, that part of Tuscany, they changed the entire area. It made uh, new employment. Uh, it 
just remarkably changed the whole thing. And today they have a very luxurious hotel there uh, and a very good restaurant. And the olive oil and balsamic vinegars they sell there at Villa Vampi are just wonderful. Now, having said all that about Brunello de Monticino, we should talk about the little sister here, Rosso de Monticino. It is age six months in oak and released a year after. It's kind of a wine they need for cash flow. And if you're dining in Italy and looking for a very good wine at a modest price, look no further than Rosso di Monticino. It is a very good little wine. In fact, it reminds me a little bit of a Burgundy because it's so food friendly. The nose is usually full of black cherries and raspberries, uh, maybe with a little chocolate. And then the finish is like a very ripe fruit. And I think it's probably one of the best food wines if you're out in a restaurant. Rosso de Montecino is the one to go with. It's generally very inexpensive, usually a half the price or, of, uh, or a third of the price even of Brunello de Montecino. But still a very, very good wine at a wonderful price. Uh, that you just can't not like a lot. And as I said, this part of Italy is so beautiful. It's very, very picturesque. Uh, The wines are excellent. The food is marvelous. It's a great place to visit. It's very hilly. And I think that's one of the reasons that the Sangiovese does so well there, the different soil compositions in that particular area. Montecino is a town. And uh, Brunello de Montecino, the brown of Montecino, is how it got its name. And like I say, there aren't many wines that are identified by one person inventing them, and that was Franco Biondi Sandi. He invented it, and it was up to two Americans to popularize it, the Marinera brothers, John and Harry, and they did a great job. And today we're very fortunate to be able to have both of these wonderful wines available. In fact, the United States consumes over 35% of the Brunello de Monticino. We have the largest single market for that wine in the world. And uh, there's a good reason. We have a lot of people that in this country with very discriminating palates, and they know a really good wine when they see it. And Brunello de Monticino and its little sister, Rosso de Monticino, are simply that. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about today is these, this brand-new wine craze, the Advent calendar. You know, Advent means coming, and ad, there's the thing, an Advent wreath, which has four candles on it, and it's usually the four weeks before Christmas. And it's, it was invented by German Lutherans. Maybe that's why it's so popular here in Minnesota. Uh, we have a lot of German Lutherans here. And an Advent calendar... It was invented in 1880 in Germany, and it's a series of boxes that had a candle in it, and you'd light every candle till the coming of the baby Jesus uh, at, at the end of the four-week period. Now, that's all spun off, and today they have Advent calendars that have little treats for kids behind them, little treats uh, for adults. There's candy, cheese, liqueurs, wine, beer, You name it, you can get an Advent calendar with any of those in it. The Advent calendars we have at Haskell's are wine calendars. So there's four weeks of wines to take in the Advent calendar, one each day, and it's 
extraordinarily popular. So uh, don't be disappointed. It was just introduced a few days ago, and we've already sold hundreds of cases. And we only have, I think, 800 to sell. So if you want an Advent wine calendar, come into Haskell's pretty soon because we're liable to run out. Another interesting thing I thought that just arrived was Heaven's Door Tennessee Whiskey. That's Bob Dylan's whiskey from that song, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Everybody, it seems, is getting in the act of uh, creating spirits and wines, etc., kind of trafficking in their celebrityhood. But I was astonished at how good that Heaven's Door Tennessee whiskey was. And uh, it makes you mindful of knocking on Heaven's Door. So there you have it. A brief education on Advent and a description of one of my favorite Italian wines, Brunello di Monticino and its little sister, Rosso di Monticino. And Jack, of course, if you want to find out more, just head to any one of the Haskells and talk to the good folks there. Indeed. The folks at Haskells love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine with food. And best of all, they pair wine that won't break the bank. And as I said, if you're interested in the Advent wine box, uh, come in soon because uh, they're, they're very limited and the demand is very high. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, right off of 35 in Faribault. Our super cellar in Maple Grove is not to be believed, 22,000 square feet of wine. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. And there's a Haskell's at Ridgedale and Minnetonka, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, Haskell's does deliver. Excellent. Let's talk next week, Jack. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.